Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're delighted that you've joined us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your hearts and minds as we enter God's Word. Hey, take your Bibles, turn over to Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4, we are continuing a sermon series called Just Stop It. We're looking at things in modern society that we just need to stop by going back to the very beginning in Genesis 1 through 11 and looking at things that we need to stop today that they had the same problem with back then. And we've looked at, we need to just stop uh, trashing our environment and taking better care of the world in which we live. We've talked about just stop the fact that we're more interested in things and devices than we are relationships. And last week we said we just need to stop uh, when we mess up blaming other people and making excuses and take responsibility for ourselves. So this week we're going to say we just need to stop being self-entitled, whiny, and offended by everything, okay? So whatever's happened today that has offended you, tough, okay? That's, that's what it is. Now, when it comes to being whiny and offended by everything and self-entitled, the first thing that comes to my mind are celebrities, And so I looked up entitled celebrities on the internet. There were like hundreds of thousands of pages that you could have gone to. So I just picked out three that kind of hit me here. Uh, One was uh, uh, somebody that we generally think of as being a real good person, real easy to get along with, Reese Witherspoon. About a year ago, uh, her husband got pulled over in Atlanta, Georgia uh, for a speeding ticket, simple speeding ticket. She was a little inebriated. Uh, So she began to berate the police officer and said, I can't believe the nerve you have pulling my husband over. Do you know who I am? Do you know I've won an Oscar? What have you ever won? Do you know how important I am? When I call your boss, you're going to lose this minimum wage job that you've got. And so the police officer responded by putting her in handcuffs and taking her to jail uh, that afternoon. Then uh, there was uh, Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga's personal assistant uh, just wrote a tell-all book about her time with Gaga. And she said things like, once she told her, I need a hot tea. And so she got out, ran to Starbucks, brought her back a tea. And Gaga freaked out and said, I only drink out of real China. What are you doing here bringing this to me in a Starbucks cup? I only use real China. She said things like uh, when she wasn't entertaining gentlemen at night, she had to sleep in the bed with her uh, because she was afraid to be in bed at night by herself. In the morning, she has to get her up, put the toothpaste on her toothbrush, or she won't brush her teeth in the morning unless someone else puts it on the brush for her. So that's kind of self-entitled there. Then probably this past week, you might have seen the stories about Mariah Carey. She was supposed to have had a little cameo in the Will Ferrell movie, The House. And Cedric Yarborough, their picture there in Will Ferrell, had been all over uh, uh, the, the talk shows talking about their movie. And they were always asked about Mariah Carey. She had a two-minute cameo, was going to be on set for 12 hours. It didn't take place. She showed up four hours late. When she got there, she said, I've rewritten the script. And they said, you can't rewrite the script. you got a two-minute cameo. And she said, well, in the script, I'm a self-entitled celebrity who gets shot for being a whiner. And I'm not going to do that. And she said, so I've rewritten it to when that part comes. I rip my dress off, and I'm wearing a Wonder Woman costume, and I block the bullets and save the world. And they say, no, that's not going to happen, Mariah. And she said, well, I also want a wind machine to blow my hair back. And so finally they told her, no, sorry, you're not in the cameo. Just leave. Please, just leave. 
uh, Will Ferrell on the Jimmy Fallon show said that 12 hours was like an episode of Survivor instead of filming a movie that we were there. So self-entitled celebrities who think everything ought to be done for them, uh, they're offended by anything might happen to them. The problem is it's not just celebrities anymore. And that's the first thing we're going to see. We live in a whiny, entitled society today. A whiny, self-entitled society. Look over Genesis chapter 4, verse 1, and we're going to see the very first self-entitled whiner. Now, Adam made love to his wife Eve. She became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I brought forth a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother by the name of Abel. So Adam and Eve have been kicked out of the Garden of Eden. We saw that last week. Uh, and as they, they now are going out, they need to populate the world. That's one of God's things. Go, be fruitful, uh, populate the world. So as they go out, the first child ever born was a child by the name of Cain. And the name Cain itself means brought forth. So in that day and age, you can think of it as meaning this is firstborn. This is the firstborn child ever. That's his name. So when he introduces himself to people, he says, yeah, I'm firstborn ever. You know, that, that's how he's introducing himself. So they have him. Then he has a brother named Abel. Adam and Eve continue to have children. Those children have children. They're living eight to 900 years at this time. Those children have children. And on and on they go. So it's all gotten old hat except for Cain, the original brought forth. Now, what kind of attitude do you think you have if everywhere you go, your name tells everybody, I'm first ever? As soon as I tell you my name, you know who I am. It's kind of like anybody here watch the Harry Potter movies or something like that? Okay, I don't know if y'all should be watching that stuff. No, everybody kind of goes, yeah, whenever Harry Potter goes into a place and somebody goes, it's Harry Potter, everybody turns around. Everybody knows who he is. It's the kind of the same way here with Cain. So what kind of attitude do you get if you're feeling that way? Well, you think, I'm really important. I'm better than other people. You probably get a little bit of a superior self-entitled attitude. You know, yep, I'm Cain. My brother Abel, his name means Pretty Meadow. Okay, so you've got me, firstborn ever, and Pretty Meadow over here. You know, that's who they are. So you just feel like you're a little bit better uh, than everybody else. And isn't that the society we live in today where everybody feels self-important, where everybody feels like they are owed a living, uh, that, that uh, everybody feels entitled to things instead of working for and deserving anything? And the truth is, part of it is the parents' fault. It's, it's my fault. It's your fault. A lot of us as parents, we're helicopter parents. We try to make sure our kids never have any harm. They have no responsibility, no expectations. We protect them from everything that happens. We bail them out of every problem that happens to them. Your job as a parent is not to protect your children from everything that happens and to bail them out of any problem they have. Your job as a parent is to raise your children to have the resources to live in a tough world when you're not there. Because you're not always going to be there. Your kids are going to grow up. They're going to go to summer camp. They're going to go off to college and you're not going to be there. They're, they're going to move away. They're going to get married to somebody else or you're just going to die. And if the only thing your kids knew the entire life was you protected them from every harm, you have raised a child that is simply entitled to everything and has no ability to function in the real world around them. The exact opposite of what you were supposed to be doing as a parent. So how do you know if you're raising a brat? Well, here's a chart that tells you how to know if you're raising a brat. Now, everybody's kid does these things occasionally, okay? I'll have to admit, 
Even I did some of these things occasionally. Okay. Constantly throws tantrums, hits and acts bossy, whines from the moment they wake up, acts defiant and negotiates everything, complains about being bored, talks rudely to other adults, wants to control your whole life. Who's thinking, I'm sitting next to that child right now? Well, then you're probably raising a brat. Now, we've all been there before, uh, but if your child is using these things as, as their, their lifestyle, you're raising a brat. How many people have seen this in the mall before? How many people have, have been a part of that in the mall? I remember one time at Target, I had Alyssa and Andrew under each arm, carrying them out the door while they were kicking, screaming, yelling, and crying. And we passed a guy from church coming in. He said, thank goodness it's you. I thought I was already here. Uh, as he came in. So, you know, it's just a part of what it is. So we're raising kids with no responsibility, thinking they owe, everything is owed to them. They should have everything they want. You go through the line at Walmart and they're going to pitch a fit if they don't get the can of candy they want uh, before you check out or something like that. They're kind of like Veruca from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Anybody remember Veruca? Yeah, I want a nap. That's how our kids are. So that's what we're raising in society today. So let's go on in our scripture passage. You have firstborn ever Cain and his brother Pretty Meadow. Uh, And not only that, we're told at the end of verse 1 that with the Lord's help, Cain was born. And then, yeah, you just had Abel after that. Now keep reading. Now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. So Abel was a hunter. Cain was a, a farmer. So you have the classic hunter-gatherer thing here uh, that's going on. And then verse 3, we're told, In the course of time, Cain brought some of the first of the soil as an offering to the Lord. Abel brought an offering of fat portions from some of his firstborn, of his flock. So each of them present a sacrifice to God from what they do. Uh, One is a hunter, uh, the other as a farmer to God. And then we're told in verse 5, But on Cain and his offering, the Lord did not look with favor. And so... Now you have this point where they've each taken an offering to God. Abel's offering was accepted. Cain's offering wasn't accepted. So now we live with this young man who is self-entitled, who feels like he's very important, that he's better than other people, and suddenly his offering is not accepted. And that brings us to the next thing that we see. We don't live in a perfect world, and we just need to do our best. We don't live in a perfect world And we just need to do our best. So what do you think Cain's attitude is going to be? The world revolves around me. I'm important. I'm firstborn. And now my offering hasn't been accepted. What do you think his attitude is? Oh, I just need to learn from this and try harder. Do you think that's his attitude? Okay, let's see what his attitude is. Look down to verse 5 of our scripture passage. On Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. He has two reactions. He gets very upset, he gets angry, and then he gets depressed. Now, who's he angry at? He's angry at God for not accepting his offering. He's angry at his brother Abel, who hasn't done anything at all. All Abel did was bring his sacrifice. He's done nothing to Cain. But when you feel entitled and somebody gets something that you want, you get mad at them. You get jealous. They've done nothing to hurt you. How many times are we jealous of other people's success and and, and feel bad and get angry at them when it has nothing to do with us at all? We need to be glad when other people succeed, not saying, well, it wasn't me, so I don't like you any longer or not. So he's mad at God and he's mad at Abel, but he's also depressed 
And what's he depressed about? He's depressed because it's just not fair that Abel's offering was accepted and mine wasn't. Parents, has anyone in this room ever heard it's just not fair? Every parent in the room has heard that. You know what I used to tell my kids when they'd tell me that? You're right. It's not fair. Life's not fair. Deal with it. Yeah, then I was always, I was a pushover and gave them whatever they wanted after that. But I did always say that when, when, I, when I started. And then Dawn would have to come in and take control. You know, that was kind of the way we operated there, you know. But I would always talk big at the beginning when we got in there. So, you know, we have this idea that life's not fair. For Cain, it's not fair my offering was accepted and that wasn't accepted and Abel's was. And so we are always hurting. We're always upset about what's going on. Uh, Something is always hurting us because it's not fair. But we don't live in a fair world. That's why I said one of the main points of parenting is to teach your kids to live in a world that is tough and isn't fair. It's not to protect them from the bad world out there because it's not a fair world. Things are going to happen that aren't fair. You're going to get sick. You're going to lose your job. Loved ones are going to die. Things are going to happen in your life that aren't good and aren't right and aren't fair. And it's how we deal with it. And the way we deal with it isn't by just saying it shouldn't have happened. It's not fair. I'm going to be angry and I'm going to be depressed. This is what Mark Twain said about all of that. Don't go around saying the world owes you a living. The world owes you nothing. It was here before you. And so I don't think that the world revolves around you. It doesn't. Uh, But that's kind of the attitude that we have here. So we don't live in a perfect world, and we just need to be doing the best that we can uh, when that happens. For Cain here, uh, he is angry, he's upset, it's not fair, uh, and he wants to know why all of this has happened. And we'll get to that in just a second. And that's what we're going to look at now. Look down to verse 6. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? So what happened with Cain and his offering? Cain somehow put forth an offering that wasn't pleasing to God. Maybe it was his attitude when he brought the offering. Maybe it was the offering he gave himself wasn't worthy or acceptable to God. Uh, But for whatever reason, Cain did something wrong in the offering. His offering wasn't a pure offering to God, and that's why it wasn't accepted. It wasn't God's fault. It wasn't his brother's fault. He did something that caused his offering not to be accepted before God. So it's his own fault here. But what did we see last week? Whenever something's our fault, we blame somebody else and make excuses. And so that's what Cain's doing here. It's God's fault. It's Abel's fault. It's not fair. He goes on and on and on. Even though he made the mistake, even though it's his fault, you want to blame somebody else. There's an interesting article in the paper this week out of uh, Southern California where a guy had a brand new Ferrari. And uh, he pulled into a, a big parking area and he asked the guy there, he said, can I park my car here? And the guy said, yeah, but you need to have it out out of the lot uh, before the morning because there's a big flea market here in the morning. And the guy said, well, that's fine. And he leaves. Well, he doesn't move his car. He leaves it there. He gets there the next morning. His car is in the middle of the flea market. Now, he's already been told this, and there's actually signs all around that say that. He gets very upset, starts demanding that everybody in the flea market move so that he can get his Ferrari out. Well, they laugh at him. So he gets in an argument with him. He starts cussing with the people in the flea market. Then he calls the police. The police show up and he demands that all the flea market people be moved out of the way and that he allowed to move his Ferrari. 
The police tell him they can't do that. He begins to curse at the police officers who write him a ticket for illegally parking there. Now, what do you think his attitude was when he got that ticket? It's not fair. I'm being persecuted here. But it's his own fault. He parked where he wasn't supposed to park. He did something he wasn't supposed to do, but he's going to blame it on everybody else and be offended. And it's just not fair. Well, sometimes life isn't fair. And that brings us to the third thing we see in our scripture. An entitlement mindset will lead you to a miserable, disappointing life. An entitlement mindset is going to lead you to a disappointing, miserable life. So here's Cain. He's angry. He's depressed. It's God's fault, even though he gave an impure offering. It's his brother's fault, even though his brother did nothing. And so what does Cain do about it? The question isn't, is life fair? It's how do you react when life is not fair? Let's see how Cain reacts, the self-entitled person. Verse 8. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and he killed him. So Abel has done nothing to Cain at all. And yet Cain hates him for one reason. Your offering was accepted, mine wasn't, so I don't like you any longer. And that's what we do over and over again today. We are jealous and angry at others' success instead of being happy for them and trying to do the best that we can. If somebody succeeds, it doesn't take anything away from you. I don't know why we, we operate that way. We even operate that way as a church. Uh, if a new church started a, a half a mile down the road and next week they were running 50 people more than we were, we'd say, well, I don't like those people. There's something wrong with that church. You know, I don't know about people who go to that church or something. Like that. You know, we even get offended and jealous at other churches. And, and so that's exactly what's going on with Cain here. He has now murdered his brother because of his jealousy and his brother's done absolutely nothing to him. Now, imagine what must be going on in your life and your mind and how you feel about getting up every day if that's how you're living. If just somebody else succeeding is making you hurt and angry and depressed, even though you're the one that did something wrong. But we live in a society that is entitled and it is offended by everything that happens. The University of Arizona is now going through uh, something with all freshmen during orientation. It's called trigger warnings. And it says, you say things all the time that offend people, but we're going to handle it at the University of Arizona. And this is the way they're going to handle it. If somebody says something that offends you, you might not even, they might not even know it. Might be totally innocent, but they say something that offends you. So if they do, this is what you're supposed to do at the University of Arizona. <gasps> Ouch. And if someone says ouch to you at the University of Arizona, then you were supposed to go, sorry. And then that takes care of it. Ouch, sorry. And now you know the person was offended and you've apologized for it. So those good people at UA are teaching us how to handle an offended society that we have here. And I really appreciate that. Remember, remember after the election, all the safe spaces that everybody was putting into college campuses so the kids could go. My daughter is at Loyola Law School, one of the best law schools in the, in the, in the country. After, afterwards, they had a safe space with, with, uh, with uh, chalk, uh, with, with coloring chalk where you could sit uh, and, and write out your feelings if your feelings were hurt. 
while you were there. And I said, did anybody go to the safe space? And she said, no, but everybody gathered around to watch to laugh at anybody that might go in there. And one of my professors who walked by said, anybody that goes in that safe space, I'd hate to see them in a courtroom because they're not going to care about their fragile self-esteem And uh, when it's there. So, you know, but we have these safe spaces uh, that are there. We just seem to be offended by everything. We get up in the morning offended. I found this little meme on, on the internet right here. Good morning, America. What are we offended by today? Because we're just offended by any and everything that happens. Cain has been so offended, he's murdered his brother. And yet we're entitled, we're offended. Uh, we, we just can't get through the day and age. This is the funniest one I saw right here. But it's so true uh, when you look at it. 1944, 18-year-olds stormed the beach charging into almost certain death in 19. And today we need a safe space because of words. So you look at that and you think, what kind of society are we creating today? It just leads to miserable people who are constantly looking for reasons to be offended. So in verse nine, the Lord says to Cain, where's your brother Abel? And, and Cain very, uh, rudely, uh, very self-entitled. I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? The answer to that is actually, yes, we're supposed to be our brother's keeper. And then verse 10, the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse, driven from the ground, which opened his mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer upon the earth. So God tells Cain, look, the blood of the ground cries out to me. Because you've murdered your brother, there are two, two things that are going to happen to you. One, you're, you're no longer have the ground. It will not produce crops for you any longer. You're going to have trouble every time you try to grow crops. Now, this is devastating if you're Cain, because what's Cain do for a living? He's a farmer. And so the farmer's just been told the crops aren't going to grow for you any longer. Then he's told you're going to have to leave this place and leave your family and get out of here. You've got to go off on your own and become a wanderer throughout the world. So because of Cain's actions, something he brought upon himself... He's now got angry at God, angry at his brother, murdered his brother. What a miserable life. And then the consequences, as we saw last week, there's always consequences to behavior. The consequences has now called the farmer to no longer be able to farm and be forced to be a wanderer uh, upon the earth. So there are tremendous consequences to Cain and his his, uh, attitude and his lifestyle. Things have gone from bad to worse because when you have this kind of entitlement, offended reaction, you're going to have a miserable life and you're always going to be upset about something. And that's what happens with Cain. So that brings us to the last thing that we see. God is always there to forgive and to restore. God is always there to forgive and to restore. So what do you think Cain's reaction is? Self-entitled, first brought out, uh, firstborn of all creation. He's now been told, you messed up, you did something really wrong, the crops are no longer going to grow for you, and you're going to have to go out and become a wanderer. What do you think an entitled person's reaction to that would be? They whine. That's the reaction. They whine and they say it's not fair. Now, surely Cain's learned by this point, so guess what he does next? He whines and says it's not fair. God's offending him for what he did. Now, let's go on and keep reading uh, down to verse 13. Cain says to the Lord, my punishment is more than I can bear. Translation, it's not fair. 
That's exactly what he says there. No doubt that's what he's saying. Today you're driving me from the land. I will be hidden from your presence. I'll be a restless wanderer on the earth. Whoever finds me will want to kill me. So he said, it's not fair. It's too extreme. Everybody's going to want to kill me. Why is everybody going to want to kill him? Because they're all family. The world is brand new. Everybody's distant cousins and and brothers and sisters. And so you've just killed a a part of the family and people are going to be angry at you. And so he's saying, it's just not fair. So he begins to whine to God as a self-entitled person would do instead of taking responsibility for what he's done. In verse 15, God says this. Stop whining. So he's just said, it's not fair. My punishment's more than I can bear. And verse 15, the Lord said to him, not so. Again, translation, stop whining. That's what God says to him. And then God goes on and says, okay, look, Cain, I'm still a loving God and I'm going to give you grace and forgiveness. Not so. Anyone who kills Cain will suffer consequences seven times over. And the Lord put a mark on Cain so that anyone who found him would not kill him. Now, a lot of times I've heard about the curse of Cain or something like that. The mark that God put on Cain wasn't a curse. It was a symbol of protection and grace. It says you better not mess with this guy. He's under God's protection. That's what the mark of Cain was. And so uh, it, it's a symbol that I'm still with you, even though you're a wanderer, uh, that you're not alone, that I have forgiven you, that you have grace, that no one's going to mess with you. Because whatever this symbol or mark was that Cain had, it was a symbol of God's presence, God's grace, God's protection. So Cain slowly begins to grow up at this point. And life begins to change for him as he starts taking responsibility. So we're told in verse 16, Cain goes out from the Lord's presence, lives in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Now, Nod, the Hebrew word, simply means a place of wandering. So he just becomes a wanderer. It's not like uh, an area he's going to. He just becomes a wanderer. Then verse 17, Cain made love to his wife. She became pregnant and gave birth to Enoch. Cain was then building a city, and he named it after his son, Enoch. Now, two things happen here that are real important. It shows Cain's maturity and beginning to take responsibility. The first is this. He has a child. Now, he's just taken a life, and yet now he's had a child. And when he has a child, he names the child Enoch. And the name Enoch in Hebrew means dedicated. So he's now had a child that he has dedicated to the Lord. So that shows a total change right there. Instead of everything being about me, I've taken a life, and now I'm giving a life to God. This child has become the one that I am dedicating to God. So that shows his maturity and growing up and losing some of this entitlement that he had. But then we're told something else. So what's a guy do if he can't hunt and he's no longer allowed to be a farmer? What's he do? And we're told that Cain builds the first city, a place where other people bring their goods and services into you and you begin to use them. And so now we have Cain uh, accepting his lot in life and making the best of where he is and showing the maturity that has finally come to him through God's grace and forgiveness. Now, the good news is this. God wants to do the same thing in your life. I don't care where you are. You may be a whiny, self-entitled baby out there right now. But the truth of the matter is God still loves you. You're still his child, and he wants your life to be lived at a different level. God wants you to come to the maturity that we see Cain gather here at this particular time. He will always forgive. He will always restore. 
He will always give you grace when you come back to him. You know, sometimes we think the world owes us something when the fact of the matter is this is sometimes a tough world. And we're to do the best we can in this world. And the best we can is a world that is dedicated to God and a world that is following godly principles. I saw a funny story in the paper this week out of Asheville, uh, uh, North Carolina. There were some kids really hot, got up uh, near 100 degrees, and they'd put a slip and slide down their driveway, uh, but it would go out into the road. Uh, when they were there. So the neighbor called the police and said, uh, there's, that's a dangerous activity. These kids could get hit by a car or something. They need to stop it. So she went over and told the kids to stop it. They wouldn't stop. The police show up. The lady comes out and demands that the slip and slide be taken down. Here are the police officers with the kids uh, right now. Well, the police officer looks at the slip and slide and says, well, there's only one way to find out if this thing is dangerous or not. So the police officer gets in the slip and slide and goes down it. And when he gets down it, he said, that wasn't dangerous. That was fun. And he said, the only problem is my pants are now wet. He then gets up. They get in the car. They start to leave. The lady is running down the street saying, you've got to uh, stop this and arrest those kids. He rolls down the window and says this, ma'am, if you're not back in your house by the time we pull off, you're the one I'm going to arrest for disorderly conduct. Okay, so a great example there of people being entitled but not always getting what they want. Now, here's the fact of the matter. You can go through this world and you can be offended by everything that happens. And you can always think that it's somebody else's fault. And you can live a miserable, miserable life because you think the world owes you a living and you're entitled to it. But it's never going to work. And you're always going to be unhappy. And why would you choose that? And why would you choose it as a parent for your kid? I'm going to raise my kids to make sure they're self-entitled whiners. You know, that's not going to help anybody. You know, so there comes a time and an opportunity where you have to say, I need to take responsibility for my life. I need to live it at the highest level. I don't need to expect people to give me anything. I need to expect to work hard, to do my best, and then to handle the world as it comes to me. And when we do that, we gain the maturity that Cain gained at our scripture's end. Let's have a prayer. Father, thank you for this great example of Cain in our scripture. He shows us a lot about uh, how to go from one extreme attitude to another. It wasn't an easy road. There were a lot of bumps and hurts and more than mistakes, tragedies that took place in his life. But Father, he finally got to that point. Help us to avoid some of those pitfalls he made and begin to take responsibility for our life right now and just pray that we learn from him and his example. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Keyword, MyWRBC. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening and join us next week for another message from God's Word.